Hi, you guys. Happy Wednesday. Um, welcome back. It's week three of the yellow feeling. If you are new here, I'm Ashley, your host, and this is my little yellow podcast. Um, before we dive into today, I really want to thank each of you who have shared the link with your friends, who've listened in on episodes, and who've sent the kindest messages and have loved on this idea of mine. Um, Last week, we had Ellie Bro on, uh, and she is your 2023 Miss Texas. And if you missed watching Miss America this last Sunday, I am so freaking stoked to share with you guys that Ellie is the first runner-up for Miss America. Um, You should have seen Jacob and I watching on my phone while I was making dinner um, and just like reeling with anxiety over the fact that she is just so powerful and amazing. Um, And... I am just so thankful uh, that she chose to share her heart with us and share her story with us. Um, And it's just so insane. I'm truly just so proud of her discipline and dedication, uh, not only to her community, but to being true to herself. And it has just been so cool. Outside of that, I sat for a while in this episode really trying to figure out what I wanted to share with you guys today. Um, I posted on my Instagram I asked you guys um, what you wanted to hear, you know, this on this podcast. And a lot of the like response that I received, I was kind of surprised about Um, because again, like, yes, I like having hard conversations. I want to tell you all the nitty gritty things, but I also want it to be something you guys want to hear about and you guys want to talk about. So I was really kind of stunned and shocked when a lot of the pushback that I got was, mental health, men's mental health, um, uh, suicide attempts, red flags to look for in mental health with other people, um, eating disorders, body positivity and diet culture, like all of these, these topics, which I'm so excited to kind of dive into with you and bring people on to talk about all of this stuff. But I, it really just goes to show that it does not matter who you are, that we're all kind of going through things. And that's really something that I'm holding on to during this season that I know, you know, a week one, we talked about imposter syndrome and we talked about, um, gaslighting yourself or being gaslit by somebody. And, um, knowing that you guys really resonated with that just goes to show that we're all different and living our own lives, but we're still going through the same things. Um, so with that, I really wanted to kind of dive into my mental health history today. And I don't want to give y'all some long drawn out history lesson. I do just kind of want to go over the scope of things um, so that in future episodes to come, we can talk about those things and I can reference back without it being some big confusing story. And a lot of you really do want to know about my history with that. And I'm so happy to share. And that's something that I've really been um, very open about this whole time. Um, so yeah, I guess let's get started. I will be totally honest with you. Like I touched in week one, I have always dealt with some stuff. I read a saying one time, I also heard it on the armchair podcast with Dax Shepard, where he has the episode with Brene Brown and she literally says, and this, this phrase changed my life. And it says, um, genetics loads the gun environment pulls the trigger. So with that, I was like, okay, wow, that is so powerful and is so alarmingly true. Um, I 
can go back as far as, you know, generations where there was depression and there was hormone imbalances and there was anxiety and all of these things. And whether we refer to them as generational curses, whether we refer to them as what they are, which is, you know, a mental illness, um, they are there and it is very prevalent, especially now where we're all dealing with these things that we go through. Um, and some of it makes sense that it's happening. Some of it just doesn't. And it all comes from somewhere. Um, your brain is really interesting. I read a book one time called It Didn't Start With You. And it's basically, and I obviously there's way more information. I will happily share that information with you guys in the info bar. But it um, this book talks about genetics and how your DNA and brain scarring. And basically as an adult, you know, or, or at any point in time, you can have some trauma, whether you realize it's trauma or not. And it make, can make such an impact on your brain um, and change your genetic makeup as far as that goes. And it can be imprinted into your unborn children's DNA if you don't process that trauma and it basically leaves your body. Um, it's very interesting. Like I said, I will share more on that later. Um, but as far as therapy goes, it was really important for me after I read that book to kind of deal with all the things that I had gone through in my life before I had Millie. So through my whole pregnancy, I pushed and I pushed and I pushed so hard to process all these traumatic things that I did or didn't know about. Um, before I had her, because I didn't want that to be something that she was going to have to deal with. I didn't want that to be something that I was going to have to explain to my children one day and, you know, kind of feel bad about. Um, and I don't think that's even fair to really say, because we all go through things, like I said, and we all are actively dealing with things now. I think it was just really important for me as a mom, um, before I was even pregnant to know that, yes, I was going to have kids one day, hopefully, and I wanted to be the best version of myself for them. And I deserve, they deserve to have a parent that was willing to take care of their stuff or was even in, pos in a position to take care of their business in that way. Cause some, some, so many of us are not in a position to be able to do that. So I feel very blessed and thankful in that way. Um, so as far as my suicide attempt when I had always had things that I dealt with. Like we say, genetics loads the gun, environment pulls the trigger. So I think as far as that environment aspect goes, I think my dad um, losing his life really brought all those things to the surface um, and kind of forced me and put me in a position to deal with them. Uh, with starting my nonprofit organization, I don't think I really realized at that point in time that I had issues, I guess you can say, or, um, a mental health that I was on that mental health spectrum of, um, diagnosis. I really didn't think I realized that was something that I was ever going to deal with. I don't think I really had, you know, I knew I had some anxiety about like being on time to places or, um, forgetting something, but like, we can call that anything. I didn't ever think that it would be some general diagnosis that I had. Um, after my dad passed away, I had a lot of um, night terrors, spiritual attacks. Like I will tell you it was that 100%. Um, but I also think that it was as simple as 
you know, this really horrible, bad thing happened. And now my brain is basically going cuckoo bananas because <laughs> I don't know how to deal with it. Um, growing up, my parents were really sick. Um, and I was kind of put in a position unintentionally to be a caretaker. And naturally that's who I am anyway. And I almost wonder like if that's who I would have been or that's who I've always been with all of that happening. Like had all that stuff not happened, would I have not turned out this way? Um, I, I don't know. And I'm not really interested in finding out because I really do genuinely love the fact that I care so much about people. Um, so yeah, I have had a lot of therapy. I have been in many positions of sadness and depression and desperation and all of these things. And I don't want anyone to get it twisted because I am immensely doing better than I was, but I'm also a human and I'm not perfect. And I still have spells or flare ups or whatever. Um, we still, I still actively deal with that. That is something that I will actively deal with for the rest of my life. I'm sure. Um, and, but I do want to stress that there, at any point in time, those things did not disqualify me from good things happening. Um, and I think that's kind of where I want to dive into all of this more than anything else is I have never been disqualified from something good happening to me, for me, around me because of those things. And I think for so long, I thought because of these sad, bad, traumatic things that have happened to me, for me, around me. Um, I think I thought that I wasn't deserving or I think I felt like I wasn't, um, allowed to celebrate something small. I think I felt like I wasn't going to have something good in my life for more than five minutes. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever seen One Tree Hill, but I felt very Peyton Sawyer for a very long time of that mentality of everyone leaves. Um, I really dealt with that for a really long time and I kind of had to bring logic back into the picture and decide that anyone not meant to be in my life will leave and that has to be okay with me. When I was in the hospital, I was diagnosed with a laundry list of things, which believe it or not, was kind of a relief to feel like, okay, there's something actually going on. I'm not a crazy, just crazy things aren't just happening to me. It's because there is something going on in my brain that my body is trying to work through and it, it can't right now. Um, you know, having a major depressive disorder diagnosis was a, a huge blessing, um, and not because it's something I would wish on anybody, but because I had answers. Um, I was alarmingly stoked. And I know I just said relieved, but it's like, I can't stress it enough when knowing that I was actually able to go and get help and process and work through what I was going through because so many of us aren't able to do that. Um, so having that major depressive disorder diagnosis was life-changing for me. And so was having my PTSD diagnosis. Um, if you know me at all, I love Target. There is, <laughs> I love Target and I find really, um, I really come alive at Target like so many of us do. 
And there was a season right after my dad died where all I did was go to Target every day. Um, and I spent money every single day while I was there. And retail therapy, while we all joke about it, it's like a real thing. Um, people deal with all the time with not being able to stop the kind of money that they're spending because that's how they cope. Um, I did that for a season until I didn't anymore. And I'm very, (laughs) my, my bank account is very thankful, but honestly, it's like a really serious thing. Um, I think I, I think at one point I went back and I looked at everything and I think I went to target for like 42 days straight and just spent money um, on whatever I thought I needed or whatever target told me I needed as so many of us say. Um, but there was, I had an episode, probably one of the main kind of red flags for me was I had an episode after my dad died at my target. Um, and I was literally, I won't lie to you guys. I was walking through the tampon aisle getting tampons. Um, and, (laughs) I look down at my feet and I look back up and all of a sudden I am in what I thought was the funeral home when my dad had passed away at the funeral, walking up to him, you know, whatever. Um, And I knew logically that I was not there. I knew that I was not, um, I knew that I was at Target, but emotionally, mentally, um, my, my brain couldn't process what was happening. I sunk to the floor and that was all I knew how to do because at the point I didn't feel um, comfortable. I didn't feel safe. I felt very confused what was going on. Um, And I just sat there and I cried and somebody came to me and I will never forget it. And if you know anything about our target, you know that the security, who the security lady is. Um, And she came to me and she came and checked on me and, um, it took me about 15 minutes to come out of that episode that I was having. Um, I went to therapy, you know, later on, way later. Um, and I had brought that up and it, and I, even while I was in the hospital, that was something that I had brought up to that doctor that I was seeing and I was diagnosed with PTSD and that was a huge trigger of it. That was a huge, um, I was, it was basically significant in the fact that I was going to Target, walking those aisles, um, trying to find some peace and trying to find some just like calmness of my version of coping. And it just wasn't working. Um, and I really realized that, okay, like what about, what about me going and spending all this money or doing whatever, you know, is productive for me. And it was just a distraction. That's all it was meant to be at that time. Um, so PTSD diagnosis again was a relief. Um, having a generalized anxiety diagnosis, diagnosis did not feel far off at all. Um, because my anxiety is very general (laughs) and I, I kind of joke about it now. And whether you think it's funny or not, I, you have to find light in these situations because they are so heavy and they are so hard to talk about. And they are so, um, I think I used to feel like I was filled with shame and like doubt and like, kind of like, I felt like everybody was looking at me, um, in a negative light. And then I really realized like, um, if you share your story and you share what you're thinking and you share your thoughts, whether, whatever, however heavy they are, you're giving somebody else the power and the space to share theirs and what they're going through. Um, so again, like this yellow feeling podcast is really meant to normalize the hard things that we all go through. Um, so yeah, a generalized anxiety 
you know, diagnosis did not feel far off from what I was going through. I really, and if you ever have a dual diagnosis, you would know that if you have generalized anxiety, it makes you want to do everything perfectly. But then if you have major depressive disorder, it feels like it's impossible to do anything and pull yourself out of bed. So then you, you know, it's this like, this love hate that you have going on in your body of like, you need, you need to do this whole list and get everything checked off. But while you're doing that, you physically can't peel yourself up out of bed long enough to do any of it, which makes you just kind of go crazy. Um, you know, and some days the anxiety wins and some days the, uh, the depression wins and, you know, the days that they both don't want to put in work are probably the hardest days. And I really had to find a balance with that of, okay, what can I do to, to find this version of myself in between these two things and how do I make that work? And, um, you know, again, those two things led me to end up in a hospital after my suicide attempt. And it was, it felt impossible. It still kind of feels like a different life. Um, that season is very blurry. I will not lie about that because I was very scared and stressed out and worried. But more than that, I felt like I had put myself in this position to be small and silly, if you if you will. Like, like my problems didn't seem that important because bigger things were happening to bigger people and bigger issues were coming about. And because of those things, it didn't feel I didn't feel validated in the fact that I was allowed to have issues, if that helps, if that makes any sense. Um, so I really just want to touch base today, and this will be a short one, just like week one was, because I want to kind of weave in and out of all the things. But I I really want to highlight that at whatever, whatever you're going through in your life right now, that you are allowed to feel sad and hard about whatever that is, right? So whether it's... Um, grieving of a friendship that's ending, whether it's a relationship, right? So a marriage or a, your boyfriend or your partner, whoever, right? So whether it's a divorce or a separation with that, whether it's a loss of a loved one, a parent, a brother, a sister, a, a friend, like whether it's you're losing a job, a season is changing, whatever is going on, I want you to feel heard and loved and validated in the fact that like those are hard things that are happening and you are allowed to feel heavy because of them. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave, you know, leave it at this. Like you are allowed to feel sad and you are allowed to do all of those things and go in the motions of what that feels like, whether it's your stress eating or you're just when you want to sleep for a little bit and you want to just hide, that's Okay but you are not allowed to unpack and live there. Okay. You are not allowed to stop going and to stop functioning. And this is like my tough love of the week for you is like, I need you to decide that you are worth it and that you are allowed to take a rest and take a beat, whatever that looks like, but you better get off your perfect little booty and keep working and keep moving and keep Try doing what you have to do to take care of you because you deserve to have that. Okay. 
I know this episode is probably me just rambling on. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that my thoughts don't feel organized because I feel like I have so much I want to share. A lot of that has to do with the fact that we had a freezing cold week here in Texas. Um, and I'm just trying to, you know, get something out there. But I also want to really share and again and stress that you are allowed to take a break. But more than that, it is okay if you are dealing with X, Y, and Z and you fall apart. But it is not okay if you unpack their anxiety, sure. She can have a seat in the car. Depression, sure. They can have a seat in the car. Grief, sure. He can also have a seat in the car, but they are not allowed to drive, babe. You are driving that car. Do not let them drive, okay? I love you. I'm Ashley. This is the yellow feeling. I will see you guys next week. Have a great week. You got this, okay? You got it.